Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and I want to say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a subsidiary of the nonprofit organization called Extraordinary Lives Foundation, where we are devoted to supporting mental health awareness and providing resources for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with a team of amazing people to bring healing to children and their families around the world. You can find out all of our information at elfempowers.org, and you can find this link in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest, Katrin Becker. Katrin is a corporate workshop facilitator that teaches business teams how to improve employee engagement and increase productivity through a deeper understanding of themselves. Welcome, Katrin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. It's such an honor to have you. And it's funny because I just had a meeting last week with somebody and they were looking for someone to bring um, support and mental health wellness and awareness into their corporation. And like, I think Monday's person is going to be perfect for you. So remind, remind me later to connect you with her. I will. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love how it all comes together just how it's meant to. Always divine timing. So when we spoke last, you shared that you help people work through fear of success. You help them build confidence and help them remove limiting beliefs. Can you share with us about that? Of course, I would love to. So it all comes down to our subconscious. So when we are born, our subconscious is fully developed and it takes our conscious mind the first 25 years of our life to catch up, which is kind of insane if you think about all of the decisions that you make in the first 25 years of your life. I mean, so many people get married and have kids before the age of 25 and their conscious mind is not fully developed, which is crazy. But so what happens in the subconscious is our subconscious mind pretty much believes anything. So anytime anyone tells us anything or we see things happen, especially if it happens over and over, or if it happens in a very traumatic way, when our emotions are really heightened, it just gets locked into our subconscious as truth. And so we can be replaying these patterns that from something that happened when we were five or seven or 10, 15, whenever it was. And now it's playing out in our adult life and we don't understand why we can't overcome certain things, why certain things keep happening in our life and not understanding the connection because we probably don't even remember the event that occurred when we were 11 years old that led to this pattern. So I help individuals to, um, in a very easy to understand way, help them to sort of be able to reframe things and to help them to let go of those patterns and to form new ones. Wow. Would you say that we're kind of brainwashed when we were younger and we don't even realize it to not realizing how powerful and amazing we are? Absolutely. And I, it's, I was just having, um, I have a, a group class that I, that I lead and I was just working with them earlier today, um, right before this. And we were talking about how 
our you know sort of default programming is if someone gives a, us a compliment, we don't like accept it. We'll be like, oh, but you know, like it, it was nothing and some way to like downplay any sort of, you know, um, compliment that someone gives us yet. If someone says something negative about us, we immediately believe it as must be true. And that programming is so ingrained in us and it's so harmful. And so the homework that I gave them this week was when you receive a compliment in the next seven days, I just want you to respond with thank you. And that's it. <laughs> the end. Thank you. Oof, that right. It sounds so simple, but to me, it's it feels like, so why is that? Why are we so uneasy at accepting compliments? Uh, there's a whole lot of reasons why that that could be, you know, but a lot of it comes from generational trauma. You know, it's things that we have been conditioned over and over and over again. And our society as a whole tends to be more on the negative side than positive. So when we look at the balance of emotions, you know, we're going to lean more towards that than, than towards the other. Um, so it, it's a pretty pervasive issue that people deal with all the time. And so being able to recognize it is really a first step and then being able to overcome it because as simple as it is to just say, thank you, it's going to be a challenge um, for the people in my group. It's a challenge for most people because we're conditioned to not just say thank you and accept compliments. There's got to be some sort of reason why we did something well. Like we feel the need to like add more information to it. Like, oh yeah, I did this thing, but it's because of blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's, it's really an interesting piece of, of human psychology. And what about when people like accept like a compliment, they feel like, you know, parents, like you're being a narcissist or being self-centered or blah, 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 blah. How does that play into it? Uh, it's a big part of it. And I think that's a lot of why people don't just say thank you, because then it's like, you're bragging or you're making someone else not feel good about themselves if you're being being good instead of all of us being able to lift up one another and say wow i recognize that you did a great job and it has no reflection back on me whatsoever like you can give someone a compliment and it's not connected back to you right. but it's hard for people to not have that comparison syndrome and you know comparison really is the thief of joy and I love that. And then I'm thinking the other side for someone to be able to give a compliment, a lot of people aren't able to, because they're not, I don't think they're secure in their own skin. Absolutely. Wow. So now of course you make, you make me think of a, uh, a great book topic for uh next piggy bear book, you know, <laughs> cause I feel like the, you know, the earlier we can teach children, these things, um, kind of helping to unteach what the, you know, society or their parents are teaching them. So it doesn't get caught in their subconscious mind. Absolutely. Right. And it's probably a really great reminder for the parents to be reading it and yeah. to acknowledge it in themselves. Um, just as much as the kids are going to receive that gift, the parents also will be able to bring it to their conscious mind and go, wow, I do this too. <laughs> but right. this is the kid's book. <laughs> and I just had kind of, I want to share with you, um, something that happened last week when I was speaking to a client and she was telling me, you know, her ex-daughter, um, she was going to see her and she, her ex-daughter-in-law, she was going to see, and she was going to tell her, you know, she had some mental health challenges, the daughter-in-law and she was, and this woman was going to say, oh my gosh, you know, all we did for you. And, you know, this is what you, how you treat us and this and that. 
And, you know, and this woman knew she had some serious trauma, whether it was molestation or even rape when she was younger. And now there was like just this dark energy that took over her for her. And I said to the um, mother-in-law, I'm like, how much compassion do you have for her? She's like, some. And I'm like, well, I don't want to 10. What do you think? She says seven. I'm like, the way you just said seven, I felt like three. So I talked her through that. And then I said, now having a little more compassion, understanding that this woman's going, you know, has her own challenges and mental health challenges. Um, what are you going to say to her? And it was so beautiful coming from a loving place of compassion and be like, I'm so sorry that you went through that as opposed to, I can't believe you did that to me. Mm, so do good. You, yeah. Do you experience that a lot with your clients? I love to reframe because it's about the self-talk. It's about the things that we say to each other. And it's, um, it's so innocuous, not innocuous. That's not quite the right word, but it's so small and we don't even realize we're doing it. And so it could be something stupid. Like, um, like you drop your water bottle and you go, Oh, that was dumb. Or I'm dumb or I'm so stupid. Yeah. People say those kind of things to themselves, almost like as a reflex without thinking about it. And so what I will um, uh, talk to my clients about is all of the negative things that you say to yourself in your head. This was homework in a previous week's one was, would you say that to your seven-year-old self? Right. Would you say that to a second grader or a kindergartner? Let's go even younger. Yeah. Never in a million years. And that five-year-old self of you still exists. She's still in there. He's still in there. And so you realize when you're talking to yourself, you're talking to that version of yourself because that still exists as well. And that really resonated a lot with them and, and really had some big, powerful breakthroughs the following week of, man, I can't believe how nasty I talked to myself. And is it because that's how we were spoken to as little children, or is that what we're trained to do? Where do you think that comes from? We hear it from our parents because they heard it from their parents and their parents, like who knows where it actually started from, but it's a pattern of behavior that we witness growing up that we see over and over again. Um, And we just, we pick up everything. You know, our children are always watching us. They're always paying attention to what we do and what we model for them, good, bad, and ugly, they will carry on themselves. So when I'm working individually with people one-on-one, it's breaking down a lot of that generational trauma and those generational patterns that exist. And I love what you said. The first step is just being aware that it's occurring, right? And then, you know, doing the work to really remove it. So let's, let's talk about fear of success. Can you share with us what you, um, your knowledge and wisdom regarding that? Everyone thinks about it as fear of failure. You know, what if I fail? What, you know, what would happen to me if I fail? And while that exists as well, the fear of success stems a lot from what we were speaking about earlier, about the reasons why people don't necessarily accept compliments because it's taken as being, you know, bragging or, you know, being egotistical or narcissistic or all of these other, you know, extreme forms. But, you know, the fear of success is like, oh my gosh, I'll have a lot of money. And money is the root of all evil. So then if I have money, I'll be evil. You know, it's crazy stuff in our subconscious that when you say it out loud, you go, that makes no sense at all. And I was like, I know, but your subconscious thinks it does. Or things like, um, like if I lose weight, I will be more attractive 
And then I won't want to be with my partner. Mm. That's also a big one that, that you can, that we'll see. Um, So it can be success in all different ways, but the, the phrase money is the root of all evil is such a common phrase that we have in this society. And it really holds people back from achieving their true greatness because there's this, you know, innate desire for goodness and to not want to be evil. Um, and it's, it, it holds people back in ways that they can't even comprehend. And so I do a fun exercise with my, with my different groups that I run. And I love doing this in workplace settings because, um, it's a place where people don't always talk about this kind of thing with each other at work, but it's really important to do it. And so what we do is everyone takes out a sheet of paper and I set a timer and I say, you have one minute to spend $5,000. You can spend it on anything, any person, whatever you want. Um, it can be spent in, you know, hundred dollars here, $500 there. It can be spent all 5,000 at once, but you have to spend all of it and you can't make any duplicates. So we start the timer, everyone starts writing and then we increase it. And I say, okay, you now have one minute and you have $50,000 to spend. Same rules apply, no duplicates from before, ready, go. And everyone writes. And we keep going like that until we get to $5 million. And by the time people get to $5 million, they are no longer concerned about themselves or their business in the immediate sense. And they start becoming much more altruistic. When they have that level of money, they're like, I want to start a foundation. I want to donate to my church. I want to create a college fund for all of my nieces and nephews. Like it's all of these things outside of themselves. And so when they've gone through that process and they can see it and they see that everyone else had the same experience, I use that moment to overcome that fear of success and be like, this is why you are working. This is why you are putting in the hours. This is why you are making the sacrifices. It's something bigger than yourself. And when people have something bigger than themselves to really focus on and latch onto, it really gives them that extra oomph that they need to, to overcome that. So it's a really fun exercise. And I love hearing what people come up with because it's, it's always such a great sort of like insight into who they are and, um, and everyone's, you know, unique. And I love seeing that. Does anyone say, oh, I'll go buy a house, you know, in Hawaii or something and not so uh, heartfelt? It starts off that way. So like the $5,000 usually gets spent on a trip. That seems to be the most common. And I get it. It makes so much sense, but it's for them and it's for their immediate family. Then at the 50,000, you know, they're paying off debt. They're, um, uh, because these are usually business owners that I'm working with. Um, You know, they're, they're investing back into their company. There's some sort of projects that they're doing. When we get to um, half a million, the 500,000, you know, they're, they're paying off houses or buying additional houses and places like that. So that they've already kind of gotten those things out of the way. Mm. So by the time they get to the 5 million, it's like, well, I've already taken the trip to Greece. You know, I've already bought the house in the mountains. I've already paid off my mortgage. Like, and that's what really opens them up to start thinking about what else do they really want to do in a place, in a way that they normally don't give themselves the the time or the space to think about. I love that. Wow. So interesting. Wow. Um, and then talk to us about building confidence. 
Oh, building confidence. Oh, ha ha ha. It's it's a tricky one because it's got so many layers to it. You know, you will be gifted the opportunity to find a new place where you can't do something and you have to rebuild that confidence. Um, but it happens over practice and it happens through letting go of the ego's desire to feel worthless. And we think, oh, that doesn't make sense, Catherine. The ego. Yeah, let's say that again. The ego's <laughs> desire to feel worthless. Yes, because so many people are in that negative headspace that feeling worthless or feeling like you're not deserving, it becomes part of the identity. And the ego is all about your identity. It's wow. all about who you talk about to other people. And so think about like um, people love to gossip about the negative parts of their life, right? Like you say, oh, how's it going? You know, if things are going great with your husband because you don't want to seem like you're bragging because you don't want to seem like a narcissist. You don't say, oh my gosh, it's going great. We went on a date last night without the kids. We had such wonderful conversation. We shared an amazing bottle of wine. You know, people don't want to necessarily hear that, but if it's like, oh, I had a fight with my husband. He doesn't know how to load the dishwasher correctly. You know, like all of those things, people love to kind of talk about those things. And that feeds the ego because you're well, talking you about yourself. So people, okay. So one is people talking and one is what people listening, right? Yes. So start, so go slowly with me. So when someone's talking about it, do they like to talk? Yes. I had a successful date or oh, my husband can't load the dishwasher. They want to talk about the negative stuff because that gets people's attention. Um, and that feeds the ego. Interesting. Right. Which is ugh, that ego. EGO edging got out. And then what about the person listening? Do they want to hear, oh my God, I had a great date or, oh my God, my husband sucks. They want to hear the negative because if they um, hear the positive, they'll compare themselves to, oh, well, I didn't have a good date with my husband. Yeah. Wow. And then, so this is like, that's heavy duty. Yeah. So here we are, we're talking to a family member, maybe a good friend, right? We want to share the good. Yeah. How do we share the good without the other person, you know, being a naysayer? It, and that's where the confidence comes in. And so it's doing the work on yourself to know that any reaction someone else has is a result of what they have gone through and is no reflection back on you, even how they think of you. It's them reacting with through their own, the lens of their own wounds and not actually the words that you've said. Wow. Very powerful. When I um, started doing my healing journey eight years ago, my first healer was a hypnotherapist and he's like, we're going to make you unperturbable. So no matter what anybody says or does, it's not going to affect you. And let me tell you eight years later, and it's still, it's, you know, it's a work in progress because you know, that hurt little inner child and other people do things. And, but I guess, again, remembering that anything that ever happened, it's their issue. It's not ours. And they're reflecting things that they need to heal, not us. That is, um, I have this vision of Wonder Woman, like going like this, you know, really <laughs> dodging bullets and like dodging those comments. And you got to really, you got to be really powerful and strong um, emotionally. Yeah. And to give yourself grace because we are still human. And in this human journey, there are going to be times where we stumble and fall, but it's not being like, ah, oh, you idiot, you fell. It's, huh? Wow. 
that rock. I hadn't noticed that before. I'm going to be pay attention to that and be more mindful of this in the future. So that next time I come across this rock, it's not going to, I'm not going to fall. Maybe I'll stumble, but I'm not going to fall. Right. It's not like, Oh, I'm a klutz. Yeah. I love that. I am so excited to discuss limiting, releasing limiting beliefs. We're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and thank you for joining us for today's conversation. And today we have our beloved Katrin Becker. Welcome back, Katrin. I'm so glad to be here. So I'm so excited to discuss one of my favorite topics, releasing and removing limiting beliefs. But before we do that, I I want to ask you, how did you get into this field of work? (laughs) Ah, That's a good story. It almost went for a whole another episode. Um, I am actually an engineer by trade. I started my career in engineering, um, which on the surface seems like that has nothing to do with mental health, like how on earth. Um, but as a child, I always wanted to do something big. I always wanted to heal the planet. Um, so when I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, I saw a pamphlet um, that had a degrees of environmental engineering. And I was like, well, I kind of understand what engineers do and I really like the environment. So that's what I'm going to do. So I did that for, for a very long time of, um, of helping to, of helping companies to reduce their pollution and, you know, their waste, their hazardous waste, their air pollution, water pollution, all of those things. And what I think really sort of came to me not necessarily with this clarity, because of course, with, you know, time and wisdom comes clarity. But in the moment, it was like, why do people want to trash their home? You know, like, why don't people want to do the right thing? Like, where where does this come from? Mm. And so that just started me getting curious um, and starting to kind of look more deeper of like, you know, what is this that causes people to react this way or 
what, what is it that, you know, why do people not do what they say they're going to do or say things that they really want to do? And then they don't do it. Like, I just don't get it. And that's what kind of led me down this path to, to getting to where I am now, but it was just being curious and, um, asking the next question and just following up. And so it's, it's definitely involved and looking back, I can see all the steps and it's a beautiful tapestry. Um, but in the moment, uh, I didn't see it and I didn't know. And I just sort of moved forward with faith. Wow. So, and when you started looking down that avenue, where did you turn? I didn't really know even what to look for or what to search for. Um, and that's why, you know, it wasn't clear to me at the time, like, it was just not feeling very settled with what I was doing and thinking, you know, there's more to this. I can help in a better way. I don't know what that way is. So it was a lot of little steps to get there. Um, it was little nudges that mm -hmm. were coming from you know, God in the universe. And eventually I listened, <laughs> but for me, it did start with essential oils. And I had a friend from college who had been posting about it. And this was probably, gosh, 20, 13, because um, uh, I didn't actually listen until 2014, 2015, but I saw it for a long time. And then um, that's what sort of opened me up to this whole other world that I had no idea about. And I needed to go into essential oils and experience that for myself because that helped me to reduce my skepticism and reducing my skepticism was necessary to get to where I am now. So you said something really interesting and I'm going to go with that. You said like, it sounds like the messages are all around you in your face, but you didn't, you weren't listening. You weren't recognizing them. And then finally there was that breaking point that you were finally ready to listen. Yes. Do you remember what exactly? Or it was just, it was time. It was like the hundredth message was like, hello. <laughs> it, it was, um, it was in the middle of the night. Uh, my daughter, um, she's my second child was, um, was sick. She was probably six months old at this point. And I was still breastfeeding and I didn't want to take any sort of medication or anything. And I was sick and she was sick and I had a two-year-old and I just was kind of at my wits end sort of thing. And so I'm up with her in the middle of the night in the rocking chair, trying to get her to go to sleep. And I'm scrolling through Facebook and my friend's hundredth post came up across there and it just hit me. It was like she was speaking directly to me in this moment. And so I messaged her right then and there. It was like one in the morning um, and she wrote back. So I was like, I can't believe you're awake. And she was like, yeah, I'm not normally awake this late. Um, and so she gave me, gave me some, some ideas of what to do and were able to get me some samples and um, I could breathe again all of a sudden, which was great because when the baby was sleeping, I couldn't sleep because I was so stepped up and being able to get that rest that I desperately needed was a godsend in so many ways. And that's when I was like, whoa, I can't believe I avoided this for so long. Um, and I'm sure many people can relate to that experience of avoiding something, avoiding something, avoiding something, finally trying it and be like, gosh, that was silly. I should have done this sooner. <laughs> and of course we always do it when we should, right? I always say the universe like gives us those feathers and they float on by and then we get the golf balls. We're like, mm, and then we get the brick, you know, and hopefully the brick isn't as, strong as a car accident, some, you know, a, a, a disease. Um, but yeah, so definitely um, you had that wake up call. Well, yeah. I, I love to say that timing is everything, but time is meaningless. 
Like how we measure time has no bearing on anything, but when things happen in their perfect time, it's always perfect. I love that saying. I never heard of that before. Okay, so let's discuss one of my favorite topics about removing, releasing, limiting beliefs. Yes, erase and replace. <laughs> oh, good. So I can kind of walk you through how it how to do it. I mean, anybody can do this for themselves. Um, it's obviously helpful to have a guide like myself to to go through it and to find those blind spots. But I can give everyone kind of a little gift of how to do this for themselves um, in an easier way. So our subconscious has its own things that it's dealing with, right? So it's taking care of all of our autonomic functions, you know, blinking, breathing, digesting, all of those things, memories, emotions. It's got a lot that it needs to do. And our conscious mind, so, we, you know, you've probably heard people say, like, we only use 10% of our brain. And it's really that 10% is our conscious mind. So it's not that we're not using the other 90%. It's just not in our conscious mind. So that 90% is dealing with critical thinking and, you know, here with us in the here and now. Mm. So all of the stuff that we need to, all these limiting beliefs, all these self-sabotaging patterns all live within our subconscious. So in order to first um, erase and replace them, we have to connect the two because they're not normally connected because they each have their own function. They're each out there living their own life, right? So the, it's so simple. And again, I love simplicity. There's so much extra complication in this world. So we can find things that are simple, like it's the best. So how we connect our conscious mind and our subconscious mind is two things. We close our eyes and we hold our breath. It's that simple because when we are consciously taking actions that the subconscious normally is in control of, it perks the subconscious up. We now have its attention because it's like, um, those are my jobs. Like, what are you doing? Conscious mind. And so now we have the attention and the two are linked. Then we say, think a sentence in our head and the sentence and the words that we think really matter. And the sentence is, I release all negative emotions with whatever. It could be with a situation and you could even just say with this situation, it could be a memory, something that keeps going around that you can't let go of. It could just be this memory. It could be a person's name. It could be the thought that you keep thinking over and over in your head. So it could look like I release all negative emotions with I'm stupid. And you just keep saying that. Well, let me step back. So you think it in your head while you're holding your breath and your eyes are closed. Then as soon as you're done saying the sentence, thinking the sentence, you then release your breath through your mouth because you've just thought I release. And then you immediately manifest into action that thought by releasing your breath. Mm -hmm. And that's incredibly, incredibly powerful, even though it's such a simple thing to do. And so when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with my clients, I go through a whole litany of emotions that we specifically find, you know, uh, there's hundreds of them, but we go through and systematically, um, I test for which ones need to be released with whatever that thought is. So we get much, much deeper, but just for someone. And I, and this is a really great thing. Like if you're in the shower, cause I feel like the shower is a great time when we don't have distractions and our brain starts going in all different directions and someone that upset you or a situation that upset you or whatever comes, this is a great time to do that. And just be like, I release all negative emotions with whatever it is. The other time it's really useful is right before bed. 
women in particular are notorious for letting the brain just go before sleep where men can just hit the pillow and just be out. (laughs) So um, it's a great way for women to, to really let go of some of the stress that they've built up throughout the day um, to be a bit more, a bit more relaxed, a bit more stress-free. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. And I love like that you were able to share that tool with us. Of course. Um, yeah, definitely. And these limiting beliefs, I've been told that they can come from like when a baby, like a fetus is in the mom's belly. Like, yeah, it's just, and the subconscious memory hears and remembers things. Yes. Wow. I mean, and it's, it's on like a cellular level. So Mm -hmm. it could, and it's, and this is why with women, it's particularly difficult because, you know, when I was pregnant with my daughter as a fetus, as a baby, as an, you know, in the womb, she contains all the eggs for all of her children that she'll ever have. So something that I experienced when I was pregnant with her can affect my grandchildren. Wow. And if you think of what's happened in the last hundred years in this country, the great depression, world war one, world war two, you know, Korea, Vietnam, like there's been so many times on a global scale where women have, or humans, people have experienced great tragedies, 9-11, COVID, mm. you know, these are all things that are going to be in the collective DNA memory um, of our children of the upcoming generations. And so that's why being able to understand how you can kind of, you know, sever that connection um, to those negative thoughts is so important moving forward. Wow. And definitely all the fear and anxiety that the universe is like pushing us with 9-11 and COVID and everything else. And to know that it's actually affecting like those eggs from little girls. Wow. 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 Well, it's great to know that we're actually able to work with um, on the cellular and subconscious level and release them. And kids Um, love doing this. You know, I do this technique with my kids all the time. Like um, there'll be times where they'll go to bed and then they'll start thinking about things and they'll wake up and they'll be like, mommy, I need you to help me clear some stuff. Um, and so, or like, I had a bad dream. It's like, okay, what was the bad dream about? And so we, we talk about it and then we identify, you know, what are the points that are, you know, kind of where the fear actually is coming from. Um, oh, what a blessing for them to be able to do it at that age versus, you know, me starting at 50. <laughs> right? Wow. right. We all start where, when we start, but you know, we can definitely. Exactly do what we can do. Yeah. So I'd love to find out um, what are the particular types of organizations that, you know, are your ideal clients and also understanding communication, um, understanding one's communication style better. Absolutely. So the great thing about business and why I choose to really focus there is that no business works without people. You know, even as a solopreneur um, providing a service, you have customers right? If you're providing a product, then you have suppliers and you've got customers. So no matter what, we're all engaging with one another and being able to understand your communication style and your communication effectiveness is really crucial and critical for the success you will achieve within your business, within your life. Because if you're saying something that you think is crystal clear, but the other person can't receive that message, you might as well be speaking a different language. And I think in particular with larger companies, so many emails get thrown around and emails lose all tonality, all intonation, 
all other things, because really 90% of our communication is nonverbal as well. And Mm -hmm. so, so much of it becomes just in the written form and we lose so much. So I love to work with organizations, um, with teams in particular. So I will work with teams within um, a corporation, or I will work with sales teams, like in a smaller business, entrepreneur, startup kind of capacity. So there's really kind of two, um, and the, the solopreneur fits in with that entrepreneur piece because there's still skill sets that the solopreneur can learn to help them grow, to start bringing on, um, on the different people. But we help them to understand what their communication style is and what the other ones are so that you know how to adapt your style so that the other person who you are trying to get the message across to can receive it. Because isn't that why we talk? You know, we're not talking to hear our own voice. We're talking because we want the other person to understand what we're saying. And so if we don't know how to recognize the person you're working with and how they receive. Yes. Hmm. Is there a simple sample you could share? Is this that, is that too long? Um, there is, it is simple because like, I, I love to make things simple. Um, but it's not something that I could probably do on zoom in this, in this, um, capacity, but maybe, maybe another time we could do something where we show through it, but it's a simple way to take the assessment because, um, most sort of different, you know, assessments that are out there, like Myers-Briggs and DISC and Hogan assessment. There's lots of different ones that corporations use. Um, they all require someone to sit down and take a test mm-hmm. where the, the style that I use doesn't require that. It's really simple. I just flash it up on the screen. People say, oh, I like this one. I don't, I, it's by shapes. So I put four shapes up there and then people that say which one they identify with. And so this is just giving their communication style tendencies. And so we then go through and say, okay, these are all the tendencies that you have with how you communicate. And this is how those are received by other people, because we don't necessarily take the time to consider because of the ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't take the ego time to, again, right? The ego strikes again. We don't take the time to consider how we are landing for somebody else. Um, so I have a few exercises that I go through that can really help someone experience it firsthand, because mm-hmm. once they have that experience through these workshops that I do, it really clicks and then they really understand, oh, I see why this is important. And then they're more likely to, to utilize it and to make the adjustments necessary and going through with the team, you kind of now all have this common language so you can communicate in a whole nother way with yeah. one another. And it's very, very powerful and effective. Sounds like it'd be good work for couples too. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> would. Yeah. So it's many just, applications. Absolutely. What is the best way for um, our friends watching and listening to get in touch with you? So for my business capacity, um, my company is called Optimize We, because mm. all everyone has an I culture and we yes. help you to develop a we culture. So it's all about that ego, that eccentricity that we talked about um, and helping companies to overcome that. So my email is cat, C-A-T, at optimizewe.com. Wow, um, that is amazing. We will put that information in the, the link in the show information. And Katrin, it has been such an honor and a pleasure interviewing you today. I want to share with you and all of our friends out there and remind you that you are amazing. I receive it. (laughs) Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.